My name is Chris Ball. I'm the CEO of Bald Eagle Gold Corp, which trades on the TSX Venture under the symbol BIG. We are focused on our newly acquired 100% owned Hercules Silver Project in Western Idaho, which is a five and a half kilometer long, nearly pure place silver CRD system uh, with over 300 drill holes and a historical resource which hasn't seen exploration in close to 40 years. Chris, thank you very much for the introduction. Short and sweet, succinct, um, and very clear. I like it. Um, I also like that uh, the ticker BIG, big, um, and that's um, presumably what your plans are. But um, sorry for the bad pun. Um, how did you come? How did you come to this project? Uh, well, that's uh, that's a bit of a long story, uh, so I won't take you too deep down that that rabbit hole, but. Um... You know, my, my background is, is on the technical side. So I, I'm a geologist by training. I've worked in precious metals exploration for, for close to 15 years now. And um, I, I had actually founded a, a technical services company in 2015 with, with my partner called Ridgeline Exploration. Um, so that we actually sold to Goldspot uh, Discoveries uh, last year. And so kind of during the, the transition period, I'd say about... Uh, Probably about three years ago, I, I got involved in, uh, in Idaho and uh, I realized there was some tremendous geological potential down there and a uh, major lack of competition uh, from other junior companies. So I, I you know, for the time being, uh, have essentially decided to focus my career down there. Um, I was introduced to the asset through uh, part of my network down there and, uh, you know, we were able to eventually get a deal done about 18 months, but uh, we eventually negotiated a deal uh, to acquire 100% interest in the project. And is, is Bald Eagle Corporation a kind of new vehicle specifically for this, or is, is it a shell that you've backed it into? No, it, yeah, it, it is a shell that, that we backed it into. It's not a shell that, that I was involved with building either. Um, actually, some, uh, some of my network in, in Vancouver and, and Toronto had put it together. Uh, it had actually begun as a cannabis company, uh, turned uh, Nevada Gold Deal, hence the name Bald Eagle Gold Corp, uh, which long story short didn't work out. Um, I had the Hercules project um, sort of, you know, ready to uh, be vended into a public company. And, and, and this one made a lot of sense. Uh, so we, we made the vend happen. That was last August. And uh, yeah, after that was done, because I had just sold uh, my previous company uh, to Goldspot, uh, the, basically the guys that, that put it together asked me to, uh, to join as CEO. Um, and we've since been sort of building a team around it. Um, so we've, you'll notice uh, if you look at our previous news releases, we've added a few more uh, pretty strong members to the team. So uh, there will be a bit of a rebranding effort, a uh, little spoiler alert coming soon here uh, with the presentation, uh, the website, um, and a few more things that, that are going to reflect uh, the company's new focus going forward. Yes, yeah, so you've got um, Tom Hendrickson on board and um, Louis de Silva right now, having had nine for ages. Yeah, yeah, no, so, so both, um, you know, very, very strong uh, backgrounds in, in mining and, and exploration. Uh, so, so Louis, actually, he's coming off his, his former role as uh, president and, and CEO of Indian Precious Metals, which is a uh, silver producer, a Bolivian silver producer. So he's bringing, obviously, some very strong operational experience uh, to the company, uh, particularly in silver. 
And Tom Henriksen, who is a geologist with a very uh, wonderful career uh, of discoveries. Uh, 2018, Tom actually won the Colin Spence Award uh, through AMEBC for uh, global excellence in, in mineral exploration. So Tom has made uh, you know a long list of, of discoveries, which you know I, I can't them all, but I know the most recent was the Hot Maiden in, in Turkey. Um, so very successful career. He he is actually done a lot in Idaho as well. He founded. Midas Gold Corp uh, with Tom Elliott from Haywood, which is now Perpetual Resources. So that's that's an Idaho gold uh, project that's going to be going into production. And uh, full circle, Tom did his PhD on Hercules in in the 1970s. And, did he? Uh, did he? That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Let's um, let's let's. Uh, and you also just raised some money with Crescat. Was that Quentin Hennig? Did he get involved in this? Or um, do you just go through yeah. kind of Crescat straight? Yeah, no, I, I actually, I didn't know Quentin uh, or, or any of the Crescat guys before this. Um, I, was, I was doing meetings. You know, this is obviously a, a relatively new deal. Uh, we haven't really promoted it yet. And uh, we, were, we were doing meetings with some funds, uh, people like Crescat. Uh, I was lucky enough to get get a meeting with uh, Quinton, and uh, you know he obviously really liked it, and uh, decided that Chris Cap was going to make an investment into the company. So, you know that's obviously you know a really big vote of confidence in the project um, and the company, and uh, you know essentially, uh, you know. If it gets Crescat stamp, stamp of approval, um, you know, they're, they're generally pretty decent, half-decent projects. So, yeah, we're pretty happy with that. Good. Well, let's, let's, let's get granular. Let's, um, let's have a look at the project. Um, Hercules Fish Pond Grade Creek. It's a nice name for a, for a, um, a silver plate, Grade Creek. Um, could you kind of put up a map and give me some orientation of where it is? Um, Idaho, I was looking at... Um, uh, Revival Gold and, and Freeman Gold, but I think they're on the other side of the state for you. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're in western Idaho. Um, the project's located about two and a half hours northwest of Boise. Uh, there's actually very good uh, road access and, and highways uh, leading to the project. Um, there's power line infrastructure uh, on the property. Um, just trying to think if uh, I, I can pull up the presentation, but uh, I don't really have a very good location map yet. Uh, but it's essentially sort of west central Idaho. Okay. Um, and then the, the, um, when I looked at your location map, um, the first thing I, I, I wanted clarification of because I, I didn't quite understand it was surface rights and the implications for exploration and permits. Because Idaho has got this funny permitting thing. So if you could just kind of talk me through that, that'd be really helpful. Yeah, and it's a really important point. And again, got to be careful not to go down that rabbit hole because, you know, land titles can get quite complex. But long story short, um, Idaho is ranked, you know, a top jurisdiction by the Fraser Institute. But just because you're in Idaho doesn't necessarily mean you're on state land because, you know, a lot of Idaho and, and pretty much every state um, is actually mostly federal land, which is either the BLM uh, or the Forest Service. Now, in, in this case, um, the, the project actually dates back to 1965, uh, when this was all, all the land that the, the, you know, the project, the resource, the drilling was on, 
uh, was actually on a ranch land. And so the ranch uh, did a deal with the company that we just acquired. And the deal was, well, we're going to give you all the mineral rights, and we are going to give you the right to use the surface, which we own, uh, to drill, uh, to build roads, uh, to build a mine. Uh, they even set aside a parcel of land for the company to build a mill site on. Um, so that is basically the background on that slide and those, those surface rights that, that we have. So these were, these were recorded deeds, uh, so they're of record. Uh, the, the ranch subsequently sold the land, sold the surface, subject to uh, those rights that I just mentioned that the mining company retains. Uh, so actually the state, um, interestingly, now owns the land, which is uh, another positive because, uh, as I mentioned, you... You know, there's federal land and there's state land, and, and the feds can be quite difficult to deal with. Um, so, you know, being on actual Idaho state land, um, you know, which is subject to um, historical mining and exploration rights, uh, gives us, uh, you know, pretty good certainty when it comes to permitting and, and development. So you're on state land, and that state land has got grandfathered surface rights associated with the mining title. That's correct. Yep. Good. Um, right. Um, so what is it? We said CRD, um, Carbonate Replacement Deposit. Um, um, can you just, and, and there was, um, there's a huge amount of kind of historic data, isn't there? So it worked since the 1960s. And in your presentation, you've got um, 18 drill holes. Um, and they've got some nice intersections. Um, which, you, for example, kind of 30 meters at about 330 something um, grams per ton silver with a little bit of lead and zinc as well. Um, and it, within that, there are narrow zones between five and to four and 10 meters with much higher grade. So, so what, what's your approach at the moment? And can you talk to me about the system and how you're exploring for it. Yeah. So, yeah, as you mentioned, um, you know, the, the deposit type uh, that, that we are pinning on this is, is a carbonate replacement deposit. So um, that, that's very important uh, because CRDs are, are often incredible. And uh, the analogy actually that, that we have here is a fairly big one. It's, it's the Hermosa Taylor deposit in, in Arizona, which is now today, it's a, it's a world-class um, silver lead zinc deposit. But... Before the big discovery at Hermosa, um, it was essentially identical to, to what we have at the Hercules now. And, and what that is, is, is both projects are basically historical mines uh, with historical, you know, were historical resource at Hermosa in, you know, high grade silver in a rhyolite volcanic, a, a Jurassic age rhyolite volcanic at surface. Now, the, the stratigraphy at, at our project and Hermosa is, is identical. So below those Jurassic rhyolites um, at, at Hercules, we have what's called the Seven Devils Group. And the Seven Devils is interbedded andesite volcanics, uh, andesite tubes, I should say, and limestones. Um, and, and that's really important, well, the limestones, uh, because uh, they, the same uh, stratigraphy happens at, at Hermosa. So when, when the big discovery was made at Hermosa, it, it was in, in the late 2000s when, when Arizona Mining came in, uh, they did some deeper drilling uh, below the rhyolite uh, hosted silver lead zinc mineralization at surface. And they got into the limestones, which is a much, much better host rock 
for CRD style mineralization. It's much more reactive. Um, you can get much more massive replacement. And, and that's ultimately uh, you know, what made that a world-class deposit. So what I'm getting at here is deeper down in the stratigraphy at the Hercules, uh, below the rhyolite is the seven devils, which is, which is andesite and limestone, and that has never been tested. So this was drilled. Go ahead. Let's get my head around this. So, you know, um, CRD, carbonate replacement deposits, you need to have the carbonate to replace. And in a rhyolite, you don't have that. So when you say that the target is the carbonate replacement deposits, effectively you're saying it's the lower horizons, which is your kind of your, your primary goal here. It, 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 is it oversimplistic to say that there are these, um, in the seven devils, Package. There are intercalated limestones and and andesitic tufts, and then through that has come a um, an extrusive phase. Or or I, I, I do have a feeder zone that you can recognise. Or is it some kind of overflow? In which case, how would the carbonates down here be replaced? Yeah. No. And and that's that's the obvious question. And I'll, I'll try and keep it relatively simple, and, and I have to because we, we haven't yet drilled this project ourselves. It was last drilled in, in the 1980s, so obviously not, not a ton of, of, of technical information from those reports. But all of the mineralization at the Hercules occurs at the very base of the rhyolite unit, where it is in contact with the underlying seven devils. Now, remember, the seven devils is, is carbonates and volcanics. So what you've had at, at, at that along that contact is, is that's where the replacement style of mineralization has occurred. And uh, basically, the, the really interesting thing that, that, that we've recently found is, is in the fall, we did a big regional geochemical program, regional soil geochemical program. And what that uncovered was a very large, roughly two kilometer diameter copper, molybdenum, and gold soil anomaly immediately adjacent to all this CRD style, silver, lead, zinc, manganese uh, mineralization. So the model that, that we are applying after you know, making this discovery in the soils as well, uh, because most CRDs are almost always fed by a copper porphyry system. And we believe we've, we've now identified the likely source uh, of that copper porphyry system adjacent to the east. And the model is, of course, fluids, hydrothermal fluids are, are, are coming off of that porphyry system. They're traveling some distance at surface. Uh, and we're talking less than 100 meters uh, from the surface is where the old timers found the replacement style mineralization at the base of the rhyolite in contact with those seven devils, carbonates and andesites. So the, so the rhyolite effectively acts as a permeability barrier, acts as a kind of a, an aquitard, so you had an underlying fluid system, a hydrothermal system that pooled and concentrated at um, potentially corrosive or acidic um, fluids there, which enabled, when, they, when the chemistry changes, perhaps the temperature and pressure as well, on contact with those limestones, uh, means preferential precipitation at that point. Which is, which is interesting you mentioned that, that aquitar, that fluid dam, uh, because there's often jasperoid development um, at, at the top of, of the mineralization. 
uh, and and you know Jasperoid for your listeners is, is basically massive silica uh, replacement um, with with some iron to, to give it sort of a red coloration, but it is pretty much fluid impermeable, and so it, it certainly uh, very likely acted as as a fluid barrier and focused the fluids. Uh, below that, that fluid barrier and along that contact at the base of the rhyolite. And we don't have access to any of the historical drill ports, so, so we haven't actually seen this yet. Uh, but, but on surface, uh, there are other crops we can sample, and of course you, you don't get the best look um, at, at the textures from surface samples. But what we do see is we do see replacement, and, and it's almost always incredibly strongly brecciated. So you'll see um, essentially massive oxide mineralization, massive gothite and oxide mineralization with clasts um, of the rhyolite uh, all, all through it in the, in the mineral crops. Nice. Great. So what's the plan now? So the plan now is close this financing and uh, get some money in the bank. We have a 3,000 meter uh, drill program uh, that, that we've planned. Um, we are going to be obviously procuring a, a drill contractor. Um, so timing of that, uh, we, we haven't yet set in stone. Um, obviously, we're going to look to close this financing first and start to make some announcements. Uh, but, but that is the next step. There's also another hole, which, which we may add a, a deeper hole, which is going to be targeting that, that copper porphyry target. Um, so that 3,000 meter program, uh, the average hole depth is only 100 meters. Um, a lot of this is going to be essentially drilling uh, within the historical resource area, uh, stepping out on the historical resource area, but, but it's all at surface, uh, uh, very shallow. So, so our first phase of drilling is going to be relatively shallow. It's going to be about you know, roughly 50% within the resource and stepping out from the, the existing resource, 50% uh, pure exploration drilling as well. Can you put up a, um, a map, please? I'd like to see a plan view of, of the when you talk about the resource and the, the step outs. Yeah, certainly. Okay, so so this is a, a plan view. Can, can you see that well? Yes, I can. Crystal. Perfect. So we, we tried to keep it relatively simple, but, but what you're looking at here is, is in the background that uh, this unit in yellow is, is the rise. So, so this is the surface host of, of the mineralization. Uh, there's a lot of post-mineral cover as well, I should mention. So there's post-mineral basalts, and there's also post-mineral sediments completely surrounding it. Now, the drill holes, those 300 drill holes I mentioned, which represents 28,000 meters uh, of drilling that's already been done here, uh, is represented by these points. So this map has been styled, but what you're looking at is a plot of the silver grade times the width um, in the historical intercepts across the property. So the warmer colors, obviously representing uh, some of the better holes. The resource area is right here. And I actually have an image of a block model uh, that the gold spot discoveries put together for us. So I can actually jump over, uh, jump back a slide here. So this is zoomed in on that resource area. So the resource area is comprised of, of two zones, the Hercules Abbot, which you're looking at on the left, and the fish pond. 
Um, I'm going to jump back to back a little bit to sort of explain what's going on. So the rhyolite unit is folded. So th this is basically the one limb of the fold. This is the other limb of the fold. And the fold is plunging to the northwest. Syn and synclinal. It's anti synclinal. Anticlinal. Okay. It's anticlinal. It's anticlinal. Okay. Exactly. All right. So, so we've, got, we've got this anticline that's, that's plunging off to the northwest here. Uh, and, and the resource area has been mostly drilled near, near the hinge area. Interestingly, they did not actually drill the hinge area itself. All right, so let's let's jump back here. Before you go there, um, when you talk about the mineralization in the in the rhyolite, um, how does that? Because the rhyolite isn't a carbonate. Um, so is it in fractures? Is it disseminated? Is it structurally controlled within corridors within the rhyolite, um, or? Are you talking about, is it kind of just accumulated at the base of the rhyolite yep. in the con on the contact with the seven devils? So, so we actually see that the, the majority of mineralization is typically at, at the base of the unit, at the contact. There are other layers um, within the rhyolite as well that, 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 are, that are carbonate rich. So you see replacement textures in, in those carbonate rich layers. But you also see a lot of structural preparation uh, in the unit as well. So it was highly fractured. So when those fluids came through, they basically traveled through that, that stockwork of, of fracture network and brecciated it. And basically just it, it, there was a lot of fracture fill um, and brecciation as well. Okay, thank you. So that so effectively the rhyolite predates the mineralizing event by, you know, it had it, it was um, brittle by the time the Correct. the the, the, the mineralizing event occurred. Correct. Yes. Yes. So I'll I'll I'll, I'll minimize my share screen here in a second, but, but yeah. I did just want to quickly show this um, this block model because it, it does give some insight into uh, what the resource uh, historical resource um, is currently looking like at the moment um, and, and areas where uh, we do plan on on drilling drill testing extensions. Mm. So yeah. what what we see here in this three D image. Um, essentially is, is the fold that's plunging towards us in this image. Um, so, so, you know, this is, you know, one limb of a fold that's dipping off in this direction. Uh, this is the other limb of the fold uh, that's dipping off in that direction. So, it, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and so very clearly it, it is, uh, there is a stratigraphic uh, control in a sense uh, to, to this mineralization. It, it is stratified within that layer. So there are multiple areas uh, where, where it's still open. So that entire hinge area uh, has not been tested by any drilling. Um, the drill holes only went down, the historical drilling only went down 100 meters. Uh, so the down dip uh, extensions are, are certainly open as well. And it is open uh, along strike uh, as well. So we definitely think there's, there's very good possibilities for expanding on this resource. And um, I like it, really nice. What about the um, controls and mineralization beneath? Um, perhaps can you stop sharing just, just, just for a moment? Um, thank you. So if you've got 
a planar contact between the seven devils and the rhyolite. Have you got any understanding on what are the controls of the mineralization within this within the seven devils? Uh, as in, is there any is there a vertical component or is there a a, a location of um, because um, you know you've got carbonates which are laterally continuous, but you're going to have um, preferential corridors for mineralization underneath. So, so there must be some kind of vertical control on this, some kind of structural, a feeder structure, some kind of structural component, or some some um, some element. Have you got a handle on that, or is it too early? Yeah. Long, long story short, it's too early. Um, we have a uh, a gentleman by the name of Warren Pratt, who oh, yeah. who is a, a fairly well known mapper. He's going to be yeah. here in August. Um, we obviously we just picked up this project. Uh, the last time this project has worked was in the 1980s. So yeah, long story short, we do not yet have a handle on the feeder structures, uh, a lot of the structural controls. So, so Warren is gonna be focused on structural mapping, uh, getting a handle on those structural controls and, and those feeders, as well as mapping out the stratigraphy, which is going to be very important because ultimately it's gonna be that intersection uh, between those feeder structures that we just talked about and the favorable stratigraphy we know is deeper down in the seven devils, um, those are going to form exceptional targets at, at depth um, that we're going to be going after. Now, to answer your question, there is mineralization uh, all through the seven devils. Um, if you want, I can share screen and show you the copper anomaly, but maybe that's yeah. Early. Um, go on, move it up. Um, okay. um, and what did Tom um, Henriksen do his PhD on when he was um, in this area? So Tom's PhD was focused on um, not just the Hercules, but, but a much larger area. So this, the Hercules is what's within what's called the Heath Mining District. And it's uh, basically a northeast-southwest uh, uh, trending belt, um, a volcanic arc. So it's a Triassic-Jurassic uh, volcanic arc of uh, porphyry copper mineralization, um, and associated uh, silver lead zinc mineralization. Now, in the 70s, when Tom was doing his PhD, there was no CRD. Um, I, you know, I believe my understanding is someone by the name of Peter McGaw came up with that yeah, a little bit more recently. Uh, but yeah, Tom's PhD was focused all the way down to what's called the Mineral District, which is probably about, oh, I want to say maybe 50, somewhere 50 to 100 miles uh, southwest. So it was, it was a pretty sort of broad-based uh, PhD study. He also hates it, by the way. <laughs> he, he doesn't really? like his old work. He, he, it's part of the reason he wants to come back is he says, oh, I go back and I read my old work and I think it's, it's terrible. So I, I'd like to uh, well, go back the, there and fix it up. They've only just, um, they've only just um, worked out plate tectonics at that stage. I mean, John Dewey is still writing his papers in the early 70s. Um, on, on plate tectonic theory. So, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of improvements in science since then. So, um, uh, th thank you. Yeah, do show me the, 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 the porphyry, um, the copper anomaly, kind of spatially related to... Um, okay. All right. Uh, can you see the map here yes. on the left? Okay, so what we're looking at here, uh, for reference, this, this has got all the geology on it. And, and for reference, this yellow unit here, uh, there's the rhyolite. So this is, this is the rhyolite, which most of the CRD mineralization has been discovered in to date. Uh, to the south, we've got Columbia River flood basalt, so this is post-mineral cover. 
We also have above the Jurassic rhyolite, uh, we also have post-mineral um, uh, sedimentary unit. This is, this is called the browning. So you've got an angular unconformity on top of the rhyolite and you've yep. got these brownly rocks. So this you know, sort of further complicates. So what we're dealing with is, is essentially just a little window um, of the rhyolite, which is exposed at surface, which is what the old timers found. Uh, they, they put a mine in at Hercules at it and then did all the drilling from the 60s to the 80s. The Seven Devils uh, group is shown in green here. So maybe I'll even back out a little bit further in my description because what's really interesting, if we zoom out even further, and I'm sorry, I don't have a map of this, but if you just imagine to the southeast even further, there is a large intrusive complex here. And EMX royalties um, actually entered the picture, um, not this past summer, but the one before. So their subsidiary, their US subsidiary, Bronco Creek, uh, just staked 200 claims um, adjacent to us to the southeast over this IXL prospect. So the IXL is a copper, uh, molybdenum, gold porphyry system in a intrusive complex at surface. Um, as you basically uh, move northwest, so in between EMX and our property here, there is a copper scarn uh, system that's owned by a, a private guy in, in Idaho. But copper scarns typically form, you know, right, right next to the porphyry, it's, it's a very high temperature thing, copper gold yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then in the seven devils, you'll see there's all these little showings, methany, little gem, yellow bride. It's probably hard to read, but all these little things are old mines. So old addicts that were put in turn of the century. And we have a lot of these reports from the Idaho Geological Survey from the early 1900s. And what they described is they were mining uh, these, these limestone units, which, which had been replaced uh, with, you know, typically at surface, it's, it's massive oxide minerals, so zinc oxides and lead oxides and, and you know, with, with large amounts of, of silver in them. Um, and so when we did our soil sampling in the fall, what we did not expect to get back was this um, roughly two kilometer diameter uh, copper anomaly in the soils uh, which is grading up to 3,000, over 3,000 parts per million copper, uh, or up to 200 parts per million gold, um, and around 20 parts per million molybdenum, and of course, probably partially covered by the, by the basalts here. So this is sort of our heat center, uh, our heat and fluid source uh, that we've interpreted on the project. Uh, so when I talk about the deeper uh, testing, deeper down below this rhyolite, I'm referring to essentially this area here, which is, you can't see it on surface because you've got these post-mineral sediments which obscure a lot of things on surface. But in between the silver lead zinc CRD that's been defined on surface with shallow, you know, 100 meter drill holes, and what we interpret to be the porphyry copper source of all the fluids and heat, there, we know that this is seven devils. We know this contains limestones um, interbedded with andesites. And we're certainly going to be trying to get a handle on this stratigraphy uh, with Warren and get a handle on what the structural controls are. And, and essentially, this whole area between the copper and the known CRD is, is, is another area that we'll be targeting, looking for those stratigraphically deeper extensions. 
thank you very much. Where is the, um, can you just give me a quick um, reminder of the, the position and the size of the historic resource? I know it's not up to date, but just to, come yeah. to understand what they had in their head. Yeah, so, so when, you're, when you're looking for the resource, just look in that hinge area of the Rylan. So right, okay. right up in here, Hercules yeah. and the fish pond. And, and, what, and what was that resource? That I am not allowed to talk about uh, in public yet. So this is part of the reason, uh, this is part of our drill program this summer is, is gonna be doing that confirmation drilling um, so that we can actually talk, uh, talk numbers. There's some other work that we're gonna do as well. I'll, I'll sort of go off on, on a little slight tangent here, but we did find almost all of the historical drill pulps in storage um, covered in mold because they've been sitting there for almost 40 years. Uh, but, but there is storage in the nearby town, a storage shed, and they have all of the historical drill pulps. So we've actually started um, rerunning some of those. And our QP has been looking at that. And, and you know, they are basically matching, um, you know, bang on, you know, within reasonable error what the historical values are. But that's, that's part of our program is getting that historical resource 43101 compliant. And they, the, the, you can tell what drill holes they are then. The, 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 they are labeled sufficiently well for you to be able to say, this is drill hole X. Yeah, yeah. When we, when we acquired the project, um, the former geologist actually had all 300 uh, drill logs still in paper format. Uh, it comprised about 10 bankers boxes uh, full of data. Uh, we picked that up in September, and with about three, four people, um, it took about, yeah, another three months to, to digitize everything. It represents about 18,000 rows of, of assay data um, in Excel, color tables. Um, yeah, there, there's an incredible amount of historical data that was still kept, so that was very fortunate. This sounds, this sounds great. I'm really excited for you. I think this is, this is a wonderful project. Um, I've got to go um, now. We had some technical problems at the start of the call. But just in summary, can you give me um, the, kind of the, the, the milestones that you're going to be looking to tick off during 2022? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, we, we expect to close this financing uh, by the end of next week. And once that is closed, we're gonna be officially uh, announcing our, our drill plans uh, for the summer, which we do plan to execute on this summer. Uh, I expect that to be a minimum of, of 3000 meters of drilling. Uh, so following that, we expect to be releasing drill results into the market uh, late summer into early fall. Um, along with that, there's, there's gonna be you know, some grassroots stuff as well. We're doing more soil sampling because soil sampling has been very effective here, um, has, has defined a much larger system. So we're continuing to expand the system uh, with soil samples. One thing I did not mention in the call was, was we actually um, found an extension of the rhyolite um, underneath that post mineral salt two kilometers to the south. So the previous extent of the system uh, defined by drilling was three and a half kilometers. Um, and they stopped when they hit the basalt. But there's a valley two kilometers to the south and we thought, well, let's run a reconnaissance line. And sure enough, we found an incredible extension of that rhyolite. So we know it goes under that basalt. Um, so we're gonna be doing more of that soil sampling, continuing to expand the system. Uh, of course, Warren's gonna be out there, uh, you know, figuring out the geology, uh, figuring out the structural controls, figuring out the stratigraphy, getting us more targets. 
Uh, drill results are going to be getting pumped out in the fall. Uh, and as I mentioned, once, once we've got the confirmation drilling complete, uh, the pulp reanalysis complete, we're going to look to start doing a, a maiden resource calculation, uh, 4001 compliant, um, on that historical resource. So at least we can tell to the market, uh, what we've got and, and how it's, how it's expanding. Bring it on. I look forward to hearing the news. Thanks very much, Marilyn.